Happy Money Monday, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Women Effect Podcast. I am your host, Chris Ross, and if you're new to us, welcome. I am incredibly grateful that you're joining us for the first time. The outcome that we're after on each episode of this show is to introduce you to as many people as we cross paths with to inspire and to help you, our listeners, to manifest anything you want out of life. How we go about achieving this is one heartbeat, one mission, one outcome, that's success. This week's guest, we have entrepreneur, thought leader, and fellow podcaster, Justin Shank. What started out as a way to connect with top people and inspire others has become a way of life. Now he's getting played in over 100 countries every single week, and he's able to make a greater impact than he thought he ever would imagine. He not only speaks to organizations on how to overcome adversity and utilize podcasting to grow your business, but he helps others make an impact in all different aspects of life. With all the success that Justin has experienced over the years with the Growth Now Movement podcast, he has been named a top eight podcaster in Watch in 2018 by Inc.com and chosen as an icon of influence in the new media space. Some of the things to pay attention to for today's episode is his way of being able to structure some of his questionings to really stand out in the podcasting space. Recently, Justin asked me to come on his show, the Growth Now Movement podcast. And to be honest with you, he did ask me really good questions. All right, who's ready to begin? Stand by for a quick message from our co-host, Wes Bays. Before I bring on today's guest, if you're watching us on YouTube, make sure to subscribe and hit that notification bell so you never miss the fire content we're bringing you every week. If you're listening from your favorite podcast platform, be sure to subscribe and leave us a review letting us know how you're enjoying the show. And as always, follow us on Instagram at The Win Win Effect to stay updated on upcoming shows and get exclusive behind the scenes footage. And lastly, fill out the feedback form and letting us know how you enjoyed our guest today and which guests you would like to see in the future. Now, without further ado, let's get back to the show. I'd like to welcome Justin Shank to the show. Justin, welcome. Fellas, I'm so excited about this conversation. And uh, wherever we go, I'm sure it'll be beneficial. But at the end of the day, it's just going to be a lot of fun. Yes, it is going to be a lot of fun. And I've been looking forward to it as well. And all the conversations that we did have, I was came on your show. You know, now you're blessing us with, you know, coming on our show. We'll probably make sure we're not going to shank that. That's the last time that I'll make a joke about the last name. But <laughs> it's like the Shawshank Redemption, you know what I mean? So... But let's kind of like lean into this, man, man. I mean, there's a lot that we can kind of cover. Really don't have a game plan for this. Just us having a really impactful conversation of all the conversations we've had before. You know, for the most part, like kind of like leaning in. I know that you have your own podcast show and you've been doing that for so long. And I'm not trying to make you out to be the dinosaur of the podcasting world. But as you, the those that can't see and the ones that are listening to a recording of this or listen to the audio and you can't see the video, he's got a little wall behind him of all the people that made an impact on his show. I guess we can kind of lean into that and, and why you wanted to start a podcast and all the success you've had over the years with it. I know that we've had other conversations with why we do it, but a lot of people say why they do it, but they are trying to monetize, make money. But why you do it is to make an impact and a collective impact. And I think that's really insightful. So I guess for the most part, let's kind of like talk about the podcast and why you got started and you know, what you're doing now, has it changed or anything like that? Yeah, man. I mean, the reason I do it now is totally different than why I started. So mm -hmm. the, the original plan behind the podcast was I wanted to learn from entrepreneurs 
how to be a better entrepreneur. Because at this point in my life, we're talking four and a half, five years ago now. Um, this point in my life, I've had, I had three failed businesses. I'm like, I'm doing something wrong. Like, I just felt like I, I didn't know what I was doing. And, and the original idea behind the podcast was, hey, let me interview entrepreneurs. Let me pick their brain. Let me get the answers I need from these people that otherwise I wouldn't have access to. Uh, and then implement it into my life and really start to put it into business. And, and what it ended up happening was five months before I launched the podcast uh, was the worst day of my life. I got that phone call and nobody ever wants to get. Right. It was my sister and she called me and she said, the doctor says you need to come. And I was actually up in Cape Cod on vacation at the time. And I, I did a seven and a half hour drive down to South Jersey. And that was the day my mom passed away and she lost a 20 year battle to opioids. And what it did for me is it changed my entire perspective about life. Like it was no longer about the financial reward of building a successful business. So people can go, Oh, wow. Look at Justin. He like, he overcame some stuff and he's doing something really good. It was really about, I need to enjoy this journey because mm -hmm. you know, my mom, at the end of the day, she didn't die because of opioids. She died because she didn't love herself. She didn't love the journey. She didn't think she could mm -hmm. get out of that rock bottom moment. And so ever since the beginning for me, every conversation that I've had, and it's 300 plus episodes at this point, but every conversation I had, it's been about like, Dude, in that rock bottom moment, how'd you overcome? Like, how were yeah. you able to build the success that you have? How were you able to find happiness? How were you able to love yourself? All of these things uh, and enjoy the whole entire process along the way. And so, you know, obviously, like I said, the, the reason behind why I wanted to start, it became something completely different. But I really believe that the podcast becoming focused into my purpose uh, and understanding that there's a deeper drive and desire and it's real heart centered. Like the yeah. reason that I was able to kind of fully, fully encapsulate that. That's why it became successful. That's why the business grew from it. That's why I'm now a full-time entrepreneur. Um, and so I got all the, the things that I wanted from the beginning, but the reason became so different. And that reason and things change. And I know that, you know, sometimes the biggest driving forces don't come from the greatest memories of our life. And everyone here, everyone tuning into this, you know, probably can think back to a time in your life where you felt like it was, you know, it was over and it changed everything, but you chose at that time to focus on the better part, not the actually other side. A lot of people aren't going to focus on that. In my type of situation and me relating to that type of moment for yourself, and I know that is isn't the same because everybody's experience is different when it when you are put in a situation where it's a lot, it's going to be, you're going to feel a lot of pain. Did that help you not feel the pain as much? This is a really good question. So Obviously, I think I've always kind of lived in that idea of like, why is this happening for me and not to me, right? Ed Miley right. talks about that all the time. Um, but the, the crazy part of the story is when, when my mom passed away, I did what most people would do. And I got blackout drunk six, night, six seven nights a week for three and a half yep. months. Um, and so I wasn't like, and I don't ever want to paint the rosy picture of like, my mom died and I became this successful podcaster. Like right. I went through the pain too. Um, and for three and a half months, I numbed the pain and I had a, a great mentor and friend at the time who popped on the phone with me one night and she's like, what are you doing tonight? And I was like, I'm going out with some buddies. And she goes, no, you're not. And she's like, you're going to sit and you're going to sit in your shit and you're going to feel this right now. Wow. Um, and that night was the, one of the worst nights of my life. Cause I felt all those emotions that I kind of held down for, for months by drinking. Um, and, but then when I woke up the next day, I had this massive weight off my shoulder. And that's when I started to get those answers I was looking for right? Like what am, where am I guiding this? Where am I taking this? What's the point of this journey? Um, and that's when everything kind of opened up for me to be like, okay, like 
people need to sit through their shit in order to see the good in life. Like the, like there's, it's there for a reason. So what's the lesson for us? And so, um, I, I numbed it for a while and then I was able to kind of open up, but once I started talking about it, that became to answer your question, that became the healing process for me. And I think that's how I've always been. Like I gave the eulogy at my mom's funeral, like for me to, it wasn't easy, but I needed to kind of deal. Right. And I look at that and I go, that's kind of the path that it, it became, right? Like I, I say pretty often, I go, look, our wounds, they're for us to learn and our scars are to teach other people. So if like you're that. able to go, th- go through the pain and heal, then you're put in a position where you can then help other people. And that's what I did, right? Like I sat through the pain and I learned from my, my wounds and then it became scars. And now I'm, I'm teaching other people. Why do you think people don't ever really want to lean in? It's not because of this, it's going to be the hard work and it's hard. You're starting the healing process. But I mean, you hear a lot of successful people say the same shit. It isn't like it's something that where people aren't sharing that type of information. And when they go through traumatic experiences or really huge setbacks in life, they just choose to go the other side and running away or masking, suppressing feelings, emotions. But when you're feeling the emotion and you're choosing to lean in at that time, that's going to really start you in the healing process because we're, none of us are going to be completely healed in life. I, I hear a lot of times that people go, well, what was the you know, pivotal moment that you decided to make the shift and look at life this way? And when did you become healed? You know, are you healed? I'm like, no, shit, every day is a freaking, it's the process, man. I'm never going to be healed from my sister passing away or going through all the things that I've ha- has happened in my life, but it's happened in my life for a reason for me to get better and be better and figure out how could I make an impact with people. And so they don't have to live in that life of shit. I need a, you know, club soda vodka. I need 10 of them. Or when they, they everyone's going to be good today while they're working and while their mind's focusing on something else. And the, dark times is like 7 p.m. or 8 p.m. or whatever they get off work and after a half, you know, maybe they'll have one drink, but that drink, that one drink will turn into 10 drinks. Next thing you know, they lost a year of their life because they're not, they don't want to deal with that type of stuff. And that's really difficult for people. Yeah, no, I agree. And, and actually I found between people I've helped and, and even in my own struggles, like there's comfort in sadness. Yes. Like, it's a lot easier to sit down and be sad and drink those beers and say, woe is me. It's easier to do that than to say, I'm going to overcome. I'm no longer going to use this as a crutch. People use terrible things they go through as a crutch forever. And mm-hmm. I, I mean, I, and I've done it, right? Like right now I'm, I'm in the middle of a, a huge fitness journey, right? Like mm-hmm. I'm down 16 pounds. I've been working out four to six days a week for the last four and a half months. Um, my, my diet's dialed in. And then I'm going to, starting January 1, I'm doing 75 hard. If you fellas want to join me, by the way. Um, but doing 75 hard. Don't, and you, don't challenge me. It's like, I'm not going to do it, man. You're like, we've been walking off in a sprint. And I'm like, so, you know, I'm like running. I'm like, I don't even know where the hell I'm running. Don't challenge yeah. me. You'd be like 7,500 hard, right? Yeah. So, you know, and, and the reason I'm doing that, I'll tell you, is because I've used something that happened to me when I was 12 as a crutch and an excuse for why I never got super fit in my life. And mm-hmm. when I was 12, I broke a hip. And then when I was 14, I broke my second hip. And so I was like the, the chubby kid, right? How many hips and do you so, have? Just two. I broke both of them. They're both, they're both shit. I know, I know. I'm as a joke. <laughs> uh, but, um, 
But I look at that and I go, I use that as a crutch. And so now what do I do to get rid of that? I now have to push through the pain and the excuses that I've told myself. And I think a lot of the times it's a lot easier for people to rest in the laurels and their excuses that they've been able to accumulate. Now, right. I'm not saying that losing a loved one or getting a divorce or whatever you're going through, I'm not saying it's not bad. But what I'm saying is at some point you need to make the decision to go, I have to get uncomfortable so I yes. can find a new comfortable. Um, and, and people are afraid to get uncomfortable. And it, it sounds like for me, and I've listened to a lot of your um, episodes, and I've always looked at it in a way of like, wow, he's, and we've had a similar, com in a similar conversation to this prior, before this, I think it was a couple, few days back, that you don't ask the normal questions that people typically ask on shows. And I love that about you. And I think that comes from, you dealing with all the things before and you are able to navigate the conversation through pain where a lot of people run away from it because they don't want to hurt the other person's feelings or they don't know how to deal with that. And I think that comes from a lot of the emotional intelligence that you do have in those certain situations that makes you comfortable being uncomfortable in conversations that are uncomfortable for people to talk about. And that sounds really funny for me to say it that way. <laughs> But do you find that, that you have a high emotional intelligence that helps you be able to drive home your points on the episodes that you do have with interviewing? Yeah, man. And, and I think that's the work that I've done really my whole life, right? And the work yeah. starts in the pain, right? Like I, I remember people saying to me, like when I was 14, they're like, how are you 14 and you're choosing to hang out with these 40 year olds and have these conversations versus <laughs> right. going and playing with other kids, right? And so that's where it began because I, I found safety and learning from people that I admired, right? At a young age, I was like, okay, let me hang out, hang out with my uncle who's successful in business or my other uncle who's got this happy family that we, that I didn't have growing up and all these things to learn from and pick their brain. Um, and then as I grew up, I was like, let me just keep learning and right. really figuring out what's the real, what's the real deal? What's the real secret? Um, and I approach my podcast interviews. Like I, I would approach a, a deep conversation with a friend over a cigar. Right? Yes. Like, that's just kind of how I approach it. And, and I think people think too systematically a lot of times when it comes to podcasting versus yes. like feeling through all of it. Um, but I think emotional intelligence and, and self-awareness comes from going through traumatic things and being super aware to it. I'm really good at learning from other people's mistakes. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of times people need to do them, like make the mistake themselves uh, in order to somehow hopefully learn from it at that point. But I got really good at a young age to learn how to learn from other people's mistakes. Like I looked at my mom with her addiction and my dad spent some time in jail. And at 16 years old, I, I didn't know what I wanted in my life, but I knew I didn't want that. And I said, right. well, how do I avoid that? Right. And it was by surrounding myself with the right people, Being having curious. the right conversation. Uh, then I got introduced to self-development at 19 years old. Somebody handed me the book, Who Moved My Cheese? And all of a sudden I go, holy crap, there's this entire world of knowledge that people are just willing to hand out Mm -hmm. Let me now be the catalyst for that. And that's why the conversations I think go deep because I'm also asking them for myself. Like I get the opportunity to have hour long conversations right. with some of the top people in the world. Let me figure out what I need. Right. And that's why, that's why I go deep. I'm like, I need this right now. So let's go there. Right. And I, and I love that, that you answered it that way. And it seems that you knew what you were good at before you're actually living it now. 
And you said at the beginning of this, why you wanted to start a podcast. You wanted, you had three unsuccessful businesses and you wanted to learn from entrepreneurs that are actually doing big things and getting yourself to those types of level and learning from them. But it sounds like for me, it comes from your childhood of you being around older people and being around, being an older soul and experiencing that and absorbing all the information that you typically wouldn't get at a young age. And you took the same type of way of life or the way of thinking and you implement it in your business and implement it now later on in life. And I think that's why you've had the success that you've had. Do you agree? Yeah, for sure. And like, when I look back at my life, like in high school, I was a terrible student. At one point I had a Mm -hmm. 1.7 GPA. So like, unless it was something I was really into, I wasn't really learning. But I think the big shift was I went from the least interesting person in the room to the most interested person. There we go. And I was interested in people's stories, journeys, the lessons they've learned. And then to take it a step further, how can I implement that in my life? And wow. that's the piece that, that a lot of people miss. Like how many self-help junkies are out there that go from event to event, read the next book, listen to the next podcast, and then they don't implement. And the reason I can talk to that is because I did that. I started yep. at 19 years old and didn't implement until I was 30. Like that's 11 years of constant information being put into my brain in some way, shape or form that I did nothing with. Um, you were a yeah. consumer at that point. Yeah. And, and a lot of that was out of fear and discomfort, right? Like being like, well, what if I start to implement this? And what if I take my life to the next level? And you're afraid of what happens next, like that fear of success kind of deal. Um, but once I started to implement, everything shifted. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, when I became interested in other people's journeys, people all of a sudden became interested in me. And it was this weird shift in dynamic of like, this is insane. Like I had a guy just last night, I had dinner with him and his wife. He was a, he was a fan of the podcast. was flying up to Pennsylvania from Florida for something. He's like, dude, let's get dinner. Like it's a weird moment in time when your fans then go, Hey, let me buy you dinner. Right. Yes. Um, And I'm like, (laughs) and then I go back and I go, wait, fans, what is this? Yeah. Yeah. Was opening up to who I am opening up and becoming who I am fully. And then the rest and stepping into that, place. you just got to yep. step into it. And if you're, and if you're not willing to step into that role, you'll never become that person and discover that version of yourself. You always have to think of yourself in a, in a, in a bigger, I guess in the tense of you understand it's like, all right, man, like what do I really want to manifest? What do I want to create in my life. And then you have to step in and be that person stepping into that role before you are that person. And that way, when you are in that type of situation, you are in that role then you're not going to be uncomfortable. You're comfortable, but you're always learning and you're leaning in, leaning in, leaning in, leaning in. I had a friend of mine one point, and I think this is in Austin, Texas. I think I kind of told this joke to Wes at one point that he would come to me and was like, hey man, like he was going all these like, uh, what is it called? Like the power hour. It was like um, speed dating. And he was like, hey man, come to me on the speed date. It's like lunch. And I was like, I was like, all right, well, it's lunch, but I guess we can go to speed dating. I was like, I'll tell you what we can do. He's like, you're really good at asking questions. I just want you to go in front of me and then ask the most outrageous questions. And then I'll hear that, not pay attention to what's actually happening. And then I'm able to have a normal conversation. Just make me feel comfortable. It's okay, great. Well, I, I, <laughs> I don't ask normal questions that a normal person would ask on a speed date. So I, and I didn't really care because I didn't have, you know, an, on my own agenda other than helping him out. And I was just asking outrageous shit. Well, make a long story short, that person that he ended up going on getting her phone number and having a speed date, they're now actually married and have a couple of kids. That's crazy, right? But the reason why I'm asking is because he asked me, it's like, how did you do it? I'm like, if you really want someone to be interested in you, just be interested in them 10 times more and pay attention to what they're not telling you 
and then pick that out and drop it in the conversation. And that's all it takes. People have a hard time of understanding that just the way of thinking of just being interested in whatever that is or what the person or whatever you're trying to accomplish. And you'll find, you'll find your way. I mean, Wes, I know that we've talked about this a lot of leaning in and going through this, but for the most part, I guess kind of explain the first part of this conversation to the listeners. Yeah, actually, I'd, I'd like to go back to one thing as well, because that's the emotional intelligence piece, the piece that you're referencing, right? So you wouldn't know to drop that thing in there, right? That one thing that they're not telling you in there, unless you had the emotional intelligence to be able to think far ahead and understand what that is, right? So I, I want to put a pin in that for just one sec, because Justin, I want to kind of take it back to one thing that you mentioned uh, before, if I can, because um, you talked about like when you were 16 years old, that was kind of a, a time for you where, you know, you were starting to, to get out there, you're choosing, or you're 14 years old, you're choosing to hang out with 40 year olds versus hanging out with, with your friends. Um, and from kind of what you've mentioned so far, you kind of could have had two different routes, right? You could have had the route in which you did, you did take, or you potentially could have had a different route where maybe you followed the, the some of the path or the path of, um, your mother or your father, you know, in, in that case, but you chose to take a different path. You mentioned something about your uncle, um, and you know, you're choosing to maybe spend some more time with him and other people like him. I guess, how much was that an influence on you making the right decision to take that path maybe versus a different one? Yeah, I think that's a really good question. I think it was huge, right? Like I, I really think that that was a catalyst for a lot because you have to realize, I think there's times that you have to realize that something's accomplishable, right? Like if all I had was my family life, which was normal till I was 12, by the way, then everything completely fell apart. Um, but then all of a sudden I looked at it and I go, well, is this how things end? Is this, is this what happens? Is this, is this what's supposed to be the reality? But I was able to shine a light on a different life, right? And by doing so, not only just seeing it, I also asked the questions like we were talking about earlier, like I, with my uncle, I'm like, well, how'd you build this? What did you do? What, what's this? You know, how do you, how do you work on your marriage? Like I would ask weird questions like that when I was like 16 most 16 year olds are like, I'm never getting married. Uh, and <laughs> right. so, you know, I was just really, really curious. And I think that that's a nod to anybody. Cause look, now we live in a world when I was 16, we didn't have podcasts. We didn't have mm -hmm. these, we didn't have the internet. Like YouTube wasn't a thing. Like I just said to my girlfriend's kids, I'm older than Google and it blew their mind. And so when I, <laughs> when I look at, when I look at this stuff, I'm like, that was my way of opening up to the world. But people can do this now with anybody they want. Yes. Like there's no more excuses, right? Like you become a leader of yourself. Like people, people forget that when we talk about leadership, we're like, Oh, we're going to lead an organization or we're going to lead other people. We're going to lead a group of this. But what about yourself? Where are you leading yourself? Like, are you making the decisions to push yourself in the right direction, ask the right questions, then implement. But yeah, I mean that mo I mean, those, those moments that I had with my uncle were me really doing what I do now, which is visualizing what I want for my future, right? Actively mm. visualizing this is the type of life that I want to live. And I was actually sitting in my backyard the other day, smoking a cigar and I'm sitting there and I go, this is what I, this is what I envisioned. Mm. Like I'm in a, a nice size house in the perfect neighborhood with an amazing woman and two kids. Now they're not my two kids, but I didn't get that specific on it. Right. They're two, they're two kids mm -hmm. that are hers that we we've created this amazing life. And I went, Holy shit. Like this is what I visualized when I was 16 years old. And so I think that if you can get a glimpse into what you want in life, your actions are going to take you there. Yes. Right? Like really get clear on what it is you want. What's it look like? What's it smell like? What's it feel like? 
and your actions are going to take you there. Um, a lot of people don't get clear enough, but I was able to see what I wanted by spending that time with my uncle. Absolutely. And how, how much does that play into the way that you help other people? And what I mean by that is like, there's people out there that maybe are either don't even can't even see that because it's not something that they can even envision. They've never even had the opportunity to see it anywhere. Or maybe there's people who know that they want something better, but can't even get clear for themselves. So how much does that play into, is that part of the first things maybe you help someone with on a personal level is, Hey, you need to gain some clarity. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm actually running a group of people right now through a 30 day program um, and, you know, go, taking them from concept to, to launch of a business. And um, in the beginning, it's like, what is this? What, what are you visualizing? And is that even clear? Is that clear? Mm-hmm. And if it's not clear, it might not be a possibility right now. Um, and so I walk them through visualization processes and getting clear on their vision and figuring out what it is they really want. And there's a thing called seven layers of why. And so when you say, this is what I want, you then go seven layers deep in your why. And that's the yep. emotional tie to what it is you're trying to envision. That's when it becomes clear. That's when you know exactly what it is that you want, what it's going to feel like, smell like, whatever. Um, and that's when you get super clear. And so I walk people through that process and I get them real vulnerable and emotional because that's when the work becomes easy, not easy in a sense that it's going to be like, okay, cool. I'm going to flip a switch and the lights are on, but easy in a sense that it's easy to push through the the tough moments. It's easier to push through the barriers. It's easier to put yourself in front of people and get judged and laughed at and all these other things. Um, and so that's really where it all begins for a lot of people. And mine happened naturally when I was young, right? Like it was, I, I felt the pain, like my seven layers wide deep was like, I don't want that. Like there was an emotional tie to not wanting that in my life. Uh, and then I got clear on my vision because I was able to surround myself with the things that I wanted. Uh, and of course it's evolved over time and things have changed and, and moved and whatever. But yeah, I mean, that's really where it begins when I start coaching with people and, and walk, walking them through that process because you have to get clear or you're going to be lost. I think also when you putting yourself in that type of situation where you're trying to visualize the life that you want to create, and I had a very similar experience than what you just, you just mentioned. When you accomplish that, you're now going to automatically shift your mind into being proud of yourself or going, wow, holy shit, I created this rather than if I deserve this or not. And a lot of people, and I find, and, and I have conversations with even entrepreneurs that have done even bigger than us, you know, 200, 300 million dollars. They feel like they haven't even arrived at that time, but they do have times where they go, holy shit, this is my life. Yeah. <laughs> how did I get here? They don't ask themselves that question. They know how they got there. One point in my life, this is probably in the last two years, I was like, how the fuck did I get here? And that's how I knew that I didn't step into that role completely. I was looking at it halftime, not Mm. where I was at at that current moment of feeling like I deserve it. And that's where I I failed because I was tied into the identity of being successful and not doing it for, you know, when for no money. I was doing it to make money because I never made money before. When you start making that type of coin that you potentially have never made before, even in your whole family, people start looking at you differently. And, and I know that you, where you come from the world and, and, and that type of way, because I was, you know, when I was growing up and, you know, go up north and it's a totally different type of feeling. And it's, I wouldn't say it's a harder type of relationships that you would have with your friends, but a little bit looser with the, the lips, I guess and saying whatever the hell is on their mind and getting hurting your feelings. But how many people that would you grow up with in your journey that you had to separate yourself with now in life? 
I mean, there's not many people that were around in my younger years that are still around now. Um, now I'll take that a step further and say, it's not hard to remain in my circle. Um, so what ends up happening is I focus on what I need to focus on and the rest takes care of itself. Like, right. I really like having this conversation with people who are scared about leaving people behind. I don't want to have that conversation. I don't want to tell my friends they can't be in my life anymore. Guess what? You don't have to have that conversation when you're leveling up because they're going to realize it and they're just going to stop reaching out to you. Yes. Uh, and so thank you for me, like I keep that, that circle tight. Um, but it's not necessarily the people you'd imagine, right? Like I I've actually had days in my life where I've drank a scotch with a multimillionaire and then had dinner with my buddy who makes $30,000 a year. So like money isn't the factor in my life. The thing in my life is if you're a good person and you're giving as much as you possibly can give, no matter where you are on the scale. Right. So just be a good person. You're in my circle. Um, but what I realized was people get jealous. People don't think they're worthy of my time or my space. Uh, and then they kind of, they kind of fall off themselves. And so if you're worried about leveling up because you don't want to have those tough conversations, I promise you don't have to have them. Like it's just going mm -hmm. to naturally happen. Um, very few people in my life that were even in my life five years ago um, at the level that they were at are, are still in my life because it just happens, right? You get busy, you move on, you're focused on different things. Yep. Uh, and those people just aren't around anymore. It's, it's, it, it's a lot easier than it, it seems in your head that when that stuff happens, if that makes sense. No, it makes complete sense to me because I've, I've had this conversation with so many people before. And it's one of the questions that usually come up when they want to ask me. It's like, well, what did you do in those situations? I'm like, well, I really didn't do anything. It's just that they weren't around anymore. Yeah. It's like the squeaky wheel gets the grease, my man. You know, like... <laughs> They don't really want, they feel like I'm, on a, I'm not that approachable to what they have going on in their life because some, maybe in their situation, they might resent me for all the hard work that I put in and they didn't do. That's where a lot of people, they much rather go pick up a shot of alcohol or a beer or whatever that might be than picking up a book and it reminds them on how far they have to freaking go mm. and how far, you know, or how much time they potentially have wasted on things in their life didn't really get them the outcome that they're really wanting. And a lot of people, they want success so quick, like now. We got to be willing to put in the work. And, you got, and it doesn't really matter when you make that decision and how long it's going to be. I'm like, well, how long do I need to do this for? Yeah. <laughs> Successful people don't talk that way. Well, how long do I have to do this for? It's how long do I get to do this for? That's a whole different, complete conversation in the way that you look at life and even have conversations. I have conversations with myself. You know, I've gotten to the point now where I don't like to touch any type of devices, any type of communication, nothing. And I want to, I force myself now to be alone in my own thoughts because that's where the genius is. Not that I'm a genius. That's where I can discover what is really going to be meaningful in my life later on. So where when I'm walking and I'm visualizing the life that I want to create, I'm not done manifesting my man. I've got a long way to go. Who knows what the hell's going to happen? And who knows that I, I might not lose it all tomorrow, whatever that might be. I mean, I'm blessed with the opportunity right now where I'm able to reach a, a huge audience, which I've never even even asked me a year ago with starting the podcast. I'm blown away. Like I look at some of the numbers and I'm like, how in the, what are you, what's wrong with you people? Like, why are you listening to me? <laughs> are you listening to the guest? I mean, what the hell's going on? I mean, do you have that similar type of feelings or emotions that go on when you're actually looking and seeing how many people you're making impact with? Yeah. All the time. Right. Like people talk about imposter syndrome. Um, mm -hmm. and I, I live that every day. 
Uh, actually, I, I spoke at an event out in Montana about a year and a half ago, pre-COVID, of course. Uh, and <laughs> one of the questions I was asked, like, do you ever deal with um, uh, imposter syndrome and how do you get over it? I go, I don't get over it. I just keep moving forward because yes. every action that I have is tied to the purpose of helping individuals, right? Like, I, I think I said to you off the record at one point, Chris, that like people have reached out to me and said, because of your podcast, I decided not to take my life. Yeah. And that's enough for me if it was the one person listening, right? Mm -hmm. Like I'd still show up because there's the purpose, right? Like, okay, I'm helping one person and that's all we need. Now, obviously the podcast has grown and I'm like, this is, this is insane. Like I'll speak at places and there's 45 minutes to an hour of a line of people that want to talk to me. Mm -hmm. There's weird moments. Um, but I know it's all part of the process and the bigger vision and the bigger goal of, of making an impact, right? Like I've never had this. That's a lie. So I've had in the past, I've had financial goals. I've always like, I want to be a millionaire. Mm. I want to be this. We all have at some point. Yeah. We've all had at some point. And I decided that like, every time I chase money, or I should say the world decided every time I chase money, it eluded the shit out of me. Yeah. Like I was like, damn, me like too. I, I just want, I just want to make money and I couldn't. Um, and I completely shifted my entire way of thinking and, and all of my goals became purpose driven. And then the money chased me. Like people mm -hmm. are like, yo, I want to, I want to hire you. And I go, I don't want to work with you. And like, no, yeah. no, no, I want to hire you. And I'm like, no, I like, don't want to work with you. Um, so right. money literally chases me now. And it's all about flipping the script of like, look, if you're truly living in that purpose, if you're truly moving forward with what you're supposed to be doing in this world, the rest will take care of itself. But like Chris, like you're meant to be this podcaster who's now reaching these, this massive amount of people. Like that's why it happens so fast. It's like, you're ready. Boom. You've, it's been delivered, right? You put in the work and now here it is. Um, and it's funny how the world shows up sometimes in that way. And then all of a sudden you have those pinch me moments of like, why, why is this a thing? I was in an airport one time eating a meatball sub. This is clearly before I took advantage, like took control of my health here. Was, <laughs> don't, don't not meatball like, subs, man. They're bro, great. <laughs> I love them. I love them. But I was like, being from Philly and everything. Bite. Come on now. Like, <laughs> 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 dude i was mid-bite in an airport and some guy was like walked up to me he goes do you have a podcast i was like, I do he goes i listen all the time i knew it was you and it's just really surreal moments that yeah it shows me more than anything that i'm i'm making an impact and that's the the reason and i always tune back into that because imposter syndrome is real man as much as some people i know it's a hot word right now and as much as people kind of shit on it at times it's a real thing like there's times where i'm like i don't i'm not ready for that i can't do that but I keep showing up and mm -hmm. then the world delivers. Right. And you're leaning in and you keep showing up for it. And, and you mentioned something. I, and I really want to ask you this question because I, I'm, I know that you've lived this. And it started off with you the podcast, had a co-host, you know, had a couple of failed businesses, had a huge impact moment in your life and pivotal moment with your mom and then making that shift and that changed your perspective, you know, six months later. And that's why you're making the impact you are right now. At some point, after bringing on all these amazing guests that you do have on and making all the impact. And do you ever at some point it, go back and think on the people coming after you and asking you to hire you? And I'm, and I'm actually living this right now. And that's why I want to ask you this question. And I didn't plan really this because it just kind of went to this question. I'm having so many people come to me and ask me to take on a contract and have a company and go in and consult and go inside of their sales divisions and bridge the gap between sales, marketing, operation and fulfillment. It's just, I'm not there right now anymore in my life. How do you deal with that? I just tell them I'm not there right now in my life. Like, I, like I'm, right. very, well, I guess I'm, that's that easy. Yeah. Okay. 
Yeah. So with you not being there and communicating that, that's the best way of going about it. Because I have a hard time at not saying telling people no and telling people it's not now's not the right time. Cause I don't want to like leave the door open for me to go back. Cause I feel like I can't go back now Yeah. to certain contracts. And even if they, you know, I tell them more, I tell them, no, they're throwing more money at me. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so like, I don't know. I'm having a, personally, I'm having a hard time of just putting on a back burner. I guess at some point, just even like when you, outgrow your friends and outgrow your network i guess you would outgrow that type of situation and conversation as well yeah i mean you know as my business evolves like no i'm not doing that anymore i mean i've i've found some people that do something similar and i'll make an introduction if i if i want to hand it off to somebody um but yeah i mean i'm very blunt like i'm i'm real honest i feel that so it's hard for me to not just be like, well, no, I'm not interested. Right. Like I actually, in that group that I'm, I'm walking through the 30 days, I went live in the Facebook group the other day. And I talked about how I signed this contract with a company um, that I, that I still work with today. And in the contract, it stated whenever I was there, I had to dress professionally. And I called them, I go, you need to take that line out because I want to wear t-shirts. That's why I'm an entrepreneur. Um, you right. need to take that line out or, or I'm not doing it. So this is a, this is a large contract that I was willing to, throw away because of one line that said I needed to dress professionally. Um, and I think the main thing is like, you just kind of, if you lean into where you're supposed to be right now and what you're supposed to be serving, the rest kind of takes care of itself. And you might piss off some people along the way, unfortunately, by being like, no, I'm not interested. I enjoy that piece though. I enjoy pissing them off just a little bit. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I know you do, but like, I'm just very blunt. I'm like, this is, this is where I'm at my life right now. I'd love for you to come over here and work with me over here. If that's something you're interested in. Um, but if not like, Hey, like maybe we can help you find somebody else, but I'm right. just, I'm just not doing it. It's, it's, it's easy for me to say no to money. Cause I live in abundance as it is. And so it's right. like, okay, cool. Like I'm living my life. I'm happy. Like, let's just keep doing that. I'm not going to take on a contract. That's going to make me mad or angry or anxious or any of those other things that you might become working with the wrong people. And that, and my, my inner health is, is more important to, to me than a couple of dollars. And I, I, I see that. And I can sense that with you, you going and spending, investing all the time that you are right now into your own health. And that's how you're able to, I guess you would say being in tune of who you are and who you want to like become. Mm-hmm. A lot of times when you, when you, when I become a little bit more, and, and there's been a lot of times in my life where I went from really healthy, not just healthy as in the way I look, but like really healthy as in mind, body, spirit, and barely being aligned with all three. And that's a really scary place for, competitors and other people around me because that's when I'm, I don't see any, I don't see anything other than me winning. Yeah. And that, and that, I guess that just comes out of you in certain situations. I mean, Wes, what would you like to add to that one piece right there? Because I, I, I know that all three of us collectively, we're actually working on our own physical health, but it goes with, because we've outgrown the, I guess, physical physique we're at right now. We want to, we want to double up and want to level up. Guess we can yeah. talk on that just for a minute. No, I don't hear yeah. a lot of people talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? The one thing that you both have talked about, I think is really important. It's really just, is being in tune with yourself, right? Mm-hmm. It's being in tune with yourself and knowing exactly like going back to that clarity piece is being clear on what it is. I, I truly believe that if you're in tune with your values and, and your vision and exactly where you want to be, then it starts to become easier to go to fit into that new skin, right? Into into saying no to the things that, that you want to say no to, right? Because my biggest thing is I'm, I'm always that uh, I fear opportunity loss, 
Right. So um, it's always like, okay, there's an opportunity. I say no to it. Now I'm going to lose, right? Because I said no to this opportunity. So I want to say yes to everything. Well, that's gotten me in a lot of trouble, um, you know, in the past. So I think it's really, again, it's going back to what's more of a priority. What's more important for you? Is it those things that you know that you, that you want, the things that you tell yourself subconsciously or even in your own mind that you don't, maybe you don't dare to say out loud and you prioritize those and now you can shed and let go of, of everything else. Yeah, no. And, and I love that too. And it is about evolving in everything in your life, right? Like I looked at my, I sat back, you know, probably six months ago and I looked at my life and I go, why is it that I can get super consistent and disciplined on my business? I can get super disciplined and consistent on getting better as a partner for my girlfriend. I can get consistent and better at, at all these things. But my health was never a priority. Why? That should be the most important thing, right? And so part of me wanting to do this is to break the stigma that I've always told myself mm-hmm. that I can't be a, a fit person. I've, and, and don't get me wrong, like I've been thinner and I've been heavier. I've, I've, I'm the yo-yo guy, right? You know, let's, let's thin down for the, the speaking event that I have going on or whatever. And so <laughs> now it's about, it's about lifestyle and it's about the mental challenge that I've decided. I, I have these barriers. Let me break through these shackles that I'm working through now of like, I can be the fit person. I can be proud of the way that I look. I can push through these things that I told myself I couldn't do for however long. Right. And so like now I have non-negotiables. I take a three mile walk plus every single day. I have that non-negotiable. I have non-negotiable of whatever workout program I'm going through. I'm going to show up every single time I have to, whether it be four days, six days or seven days starting at 75 hard. Um, And that becomes my non-negotiable in the day. And then the rest follows, right? Like I've already, after January one, there's nothing on my calendar. until noon, like the first half of the day is focused on my health, getting better, not only to break through the stigmas that I have about myself, but to get clear on my vision and, and get clear on where I want to be for, for, for the future. Right. And then I've put outside factors in play, right? Like my girlfriend's coming along with me. Cool. Now I have a, an accountability buddy. I also noticed her son watching me going down in my basement and working out every day. And so I go, that's a huge thing. I've heard him say when I wasn't around, like I was in the other room and I heard him say, he's like, yeah, I need to start getting, I need to start lifting like Justin. I need to start working out like Justin. He's 10. Right. So like there's other now things that I've put in place of like, okay, how am I truly going to hold myself accountable? Cause I said, I'm going to do this before. Right. Um, But this is a different, I'm, I'm in a completely different headspace. I've never been so clear on where it is I want to go specifically with my health um, that like there's watch out because there's nothing stopping me at this point. And that's yeah. going to help you with your journey, even in your business. Oh, it's going to be huge. Right. Huge. I mean, cause at the time that you're working on yourself or yeah, of course you might have an accountability and your girlfriend might come with you, but just, just, just as in that, how impactful you are and other people, you being a leader within yourself, you're a leader with everybody else you come in contact with directly or indirectly is even showing in your own personal house. I mean, yeah. that's a huge accomplishment. A lot of people don't ever get that far of making impact to even the people that are most close to you. Because yeah, it's easy to make an, easier to make an impact with people that indirectly or in business rather than your own household. Because a lot of people don't want to, I guess you would say, follow someone that, oh, I have to follow them because that's my you know, mom's uh, boyfriend, I'm going to follow him or I want to be inspired. You're inspiring people, bro, that you would never thought you would make an impact in that type of field. Like, yeah, you had the whole stigma and the whole thing. I broke two hips and I'll never be that fit. I'll, 
you know, I love meatball subs or whatever that might be. We I still all love them. meatball subs. By yeah, way. of course. Yeah. I mean, I, that's what I was told. I was like, tell Wes at one point, I was like, the reason why I'm working out as, as much as I'm working out right now, and it, maybe this might be a limiting belief in the way that I would say things projected out, but I was like, I want to work out because I want to eat what I want and when I want it, but eating less of when I want. And then I realized now I'm like, I don't even enjoy eating that shit. <laughs> so I feel like I feel awful because I ate it. I'm like, Oh, yep. I feel, I mean, not because I'm in mentally, I feel bad that I ate it. No, not the guilt. It's that I feel awful. My body feels off. I'm like, Oh, why am I putting this shit in my body? Oh, and it's yeah. so weird because I think we've, I think that's just the, the journey we all have to make in entrepreneurship because we're going to, yeah, we're going to make seven figures and get to eight figures. And then once you get there and you have a fucked up body and you're fat and overweight and no, <laughs> the only reason they're, they're, the women are sleeping with you because you make the money that you make. Right? <laughs> well, that, and that's true, right? And I, and I look at these people that I admire, like Trent Shelton, um, and I want to speak on the stages that he's speaking on, man. Like part of the reason is the dude's jacked. The dude's red. Yeah, like he right. looks good. Like no, and like if he goes and speaks at an event, the last thing they want is average height, five foot eight, Justin walking out on the stage afterwards being like, Hey guys, want to <laughs> get frumpy? Cause I got that covered. I was like, who right? put the like, Teletubbies out? <laughs> <laughs> and so it's, just, it's one of those things where I'm like, it's time, it's time to level up. It's time. Yeah. And, and honestly, in the beginning of COVID, like most people, I did the opposite. I'm like, I yeah. ate like shit. I was ordering out all the time. Like I was like, whatever. And, and it was really about, okay, let's make a shift. Like let's, let's take control over everything in my life. Not just the things that are financially rewarding to me, not just the, you know, the love, not all that stuff. Like let's focus on me. Um, and so I'm, I'm ready to break through these things and, and it'll be a fun journey over the next, I mean, the end of the full journey will be in the middle of March and uh, it'll be interesting to see. We'll see if I have some sort of maybe unab. That's the goal by the end of the combat part. You always like, have what? one. Yeah, like, what? Is this, is this real life? Is this real life? I still feel them there. I just don't really see them that well, you know? Like, yeah. They're under there. They're in there somewhere. Yeah, they're under there somewhere. <laughs> I, let's, let's make a transition if we can. and Because yeah. I know that we've, we've covered a lot so far for listeners to understand and actually okay, make an, inspire them in that type of level. But let's, let's peel back and let's, let's make a shift. Because I want to ask you a few questions that might lean into this. In entrepreneurship, it's really easy to fall into, fall victim to, okay, I got to make money and nowadays and making that transition and following the right people. And yeah, you've interviewed some amazing guests and the people that you come in contact with and we're coming in contact with. It's all about that frequency. Would you say the best advice would give them to take some time back to, to yourself on what they really want to manifest? And that's what it sounds like. That's the first step, Correct. Oh, for sure. You have to get clear on, on what it is that you want and how you're going to get there. Like I have a thinking chair in my office that I just okay. think. Um, and so for me, that's, that's just such a game changer, right? Like making sure you know where you're going and get super, super clear on that. Like I'm constantly visualizing, um, like my visualization practice is a little bit different than most. Like I actually use music in my visualization mm -hmm. practice because it, because it, it makes it real emotion. Yeah. It gives me emotion. And so, cool, let me tie the emotion to it. I'll put in the right music and I'll set it and I'll just, you know, put myself in that situation. Like my, my event last year that I did is the perfect example of that. Like I literally, before even reaching out to anybody, I had everything visualized, the lights, the sound, okay, the speakers, good. everything, everything was super clear. Right. Um, and I knew exactly what it was going to be like. And it, it was the only thing that's, that was different in my visualization compared to what was delivered. I had two screens on the stage like that, like projected stuff. 
they weren't as big as I thought they were going to be. Like that was mm-hmm. it. Everything else, even from the speaker standpoint, like we had Fabio Viviani from America's Top Chef and Albie Manzo from right. Housewives of New Jersey. We're talking a first year event and it was blowing other events out of the water because right. like, I was clear on that vision. So it gave me the actionable things I had to do. So you need to sit down and you need to think. And people think it's a waste of time if you just do that, but it's not. They think it's a waste of time because the first thing is going to happen when they do take the time to sit there. They don't, they don't, they're going to realize how noisy their brain is. Mm. And that's a piece of advice I can give anybody. Yeah, that's why you know that you're unaligned. That's why you know you have a lot of work to do and you're controlled by other outlets in life rather than being controlled by your own mind. And, and actually your subconscious is just being reactive rather than being proactive because we're all controlled by our subconscious. And that's where I realized now that I spend so much time alone in my own thoughts. The rewiring process isn't difficult for my subconscious because I'm so freaking in tune with my own emotions. And then once I start, I can really feel when I'm off, like I'm off, like I'm not with it, like something's going on. And it could be just that one little minor shift, but a lot of people that would take, that would take them years to discover what the actual fucking problem is. <laughs> then, yeah. so, I mean, cause the next question I was going to potentially ask you was what are the steps you need to take? But it sounds like from, you know, and I know this for sure was when I'm alone in my own thoughts and I'm actually manifesting, I'm actually trying to create and visualize what I really want to manifest. Like that's easy. That's the easy part for me because it, it, it's really quiet now. Like it doesn't take me long to kind of get into that relaxed state of being able to start thinking about the future. Years ago before, you know, I don't have any hair in my head. I didn't visualize that piece, but, <laughs> but I did, I have, you know, visualize all the things that I do have now and, and then opportunities, but where do you see yourself in the next five to 10 years? Maybe when it comes to podcasts or where do you see yourself in entrepreneurship? Yeah. I mean, I think, going further into like the thought leader space, um, okay. reach, reaching more people. I mean, at the end of the day, somebody asked me this recently and like, yeah, I know where I want to be and I know what I want to visualize, but it's really just me, but more abundant. What, and what yeah. does that mean? More, more abundant to me means I have more so I can give more. Right. Mm-hmm. I want, so like there, there's something I say all the time about like, you know, you have to fill your cup up first cause you can't pour from an empty cup. Well, yeah. I'm like, I want my cup to be really freaking big and I want it to be overflowing uh, and whatever is overflowing is giving to other people, right? And so I've set intentions throughout the years, and this is how I've changed my goal setting. Um, in 2017, I set an intention in my life, and I said, by the end of this year, I want to feel like I belong having the conversations I'm having, meaning mm-hmm. I'm worthy of talking to these people that I look at as role models of people I've been following for a long time. By the end of that year, Inc. Magazine listed me as a top eight podcast every entrepreneur yeah. should follow. So I got a tip of the cap, but that's also what started the business. 2018, I said, I want to be at the table. I want, to, I want to be at the table with these people. By the end of that year, I shared an Airbnb with one of the top Bellator MMA fighters, one of the top uh, motivational speakers in the world. And we watched a Conor McGregor fight with Super Bowl champions. And I went, I'm at the damn table. Right. 2019, I, I set the table, right? That was me having my event and people wanting to come and be a part of what I've built. Um, and 2020, I said, look, in 2020, I want to be invited to people's tables. I want to do more of this kind of thing. I want to be invited to incredible podcasts like yours. I want to be, incre- I want to, once stages open up, I want to be invited to the biggest stages in the world. Uh, and so five, five, 10 years from now, that's, that's what it's going to be. Like I'm going to be speaking on other people's stages that are massive. Like I speak on stages now, but not to, not compared to what I'm thinking, right? I'm talking right. 5,000, 10,000 people um, and me being invited to that stage because of the hard work that I've put in. 
Right. And that, and that, man, it's so funny. I know that we had this, um, a brief or piece of this conversation off camera and off, you know, kind of like off record when we were talking about it. I mean, I expect to meet the people that I meet and the people that I do meet isn't about me meeting the people and me looking at them in a, in a certain way. Like they feel inferior to me when I'm having conversations with them. And that's how I know that I've actually proved it. And I'm manifested a life that I created and I've done all the hard work because I expect to meet them. And it's just a matter of time. And if I can give anyone any piece of advice about, well, how long does it take or whatever? And I'm like, <laughs> the universe will know. And that's one thing you cannot fake. You can't fake it. You got to put in the work. There's no fast track. There's no shortcuts. There's none of that shit. Because even the people that I do meet that introduce me to other people, they're introducing me to other people because potentially they're not on the same type of level of frequency. And they're like, I, I, I have to introduce you to this person because this, this is, goes beyond even my frequency. And that's, yeah. that's when you know you made it and you're, and you're still going to make it. And you're still, because I'm humble, bro. Like I come from in my, inside my own mind, I'm still on that dirt road back in Charleston. Yeah. I'm still on that dirt road, man. And that's, I think, keeps me hungry, keeps me humble, keeps me, in, I don't know, it's insane to the point to where I'm able to communicate it. Because sometimes you can get, you know, caught up in your own ego. And that's something that I had to realign, I guess, about six months ago, eight months ago, is like dealing with my ego, not suppressing or doing. I just learned how to manage that sucker. And I managed it because there's certain messages I'll get even nowadays. I would take a step back and be like, who the fuck the person think they're talking to, you know? And that's my ego would actually ruin an opportunity 10 years down the road of me saying certain things like that to people. I don't, I don't get angry anymore with anyone, you know? And a lot of successful people, they'll tell you right now, like they don't get, they're not going to kick someone that's potentially in a situation where they're not in their situation or something that they're trying to create. I think that's a, that's a beautiful thing. And I, wanna, I know there's a lot of questions that Wes potentially has for this. It's just something that I think a lot of people haven't really heard talk about is that how much time do they actually spend thinking about their future and feeling like they really deserve it? And I think that's, a, that's something that sticks out to me with this episode. And I think I really want to make sure that it convey to the listeners that if you can visualize it, you can create it, but it's not about you just visualizing all the points where you can create it. You want to live that shit. So when you do manifest and create and get yourself to that present moment, you know, you deserve that shit. Yeah. To, to share something to that, I'll share a manifestation story that happened in my life that, that now, because of what happened with what I'm about to tell you, I know five or six years from now, I'm going to be on the biggest stages with the biggest names. Yep. Um, because I'm, I've manifested it, I'm visualizing it, and I will put in the work to get there, right? But remember the show Full House? Yes, of course. Yeah. I mean, who so doesn't? There, right. Yeah, dude, it was the best show growing up. So there was an episode. It was Stephanie's birthday. And this pop singer named Tommy Page came to sing Happy Birthday to Stephanie. But in the episode, Uncle Jesse hung out with Tommy Page. And I remember as an eight-year-old being like, oh my gosh, it'd be so cool to hang out with a pop star and like be friends with them. Like not, not hang. The weird part was the visualization was be friends with them. It wasn't like, it wasn't like, Oh, just hang out with them. It was like, let's be friends, whatever. Right. And I remember that episode coming up as I got older, 10, 12, 16 years old and still going, that'd be really cool. And it was always a, a thought in the back of my head. Right. So I'm visualizing what it would be like to hang out with pop stars and stuff mm -hmm. like that. Well, fast forward to 24 years old, found myself at a party in a house in North Jersey. And I look up and I went, Holy shit, I'm in Tommy Page's house. <laughs> and I ended up becoming right. friends with Tommy Page. 
Uh, unfortunately, he's no longer with us, but um, the fact that I was able to manifest this friendship, it started with this idea at eight years old where I went, that would be really cool if I could mm -hmm. ever have that. And then it got clearer and clearer and clearer. Well, what the action behind it was because I had those types of visions for my life, I surrounded myself with people that were driven. Yeah. Since I surrounded myself with people who were driven, my best friend wanted to be a pop star. And he ended up getting signed to Warner Brother Records to be in a boy band in 2008 or nine. Um, and Tommy Page was the guy who put that boy band together. Hence the friendship with Tommy Page. But mm -hmm. it was the action of making sure I was surrounding myself with the right people that then led me to that. If I wasn't putting in the action and making sure I was, I was being in the, with the right people, then that would have never happened. And so it's really about the work that, like you mentioned, put, the work that you put in. But your visualizations can be very clear and become very real. Uh, now, again, you don't know the time frame. It started when I was eight. Didn't happen until I was. I didn't become friends with Tommy until I was twenty-four. But like, stick with it. Like, don't give up on it just because it doesn't happen in six months or a year. Keep really clear on that vision, and it might look a little bit different. Like Chris said, he, his visualizations he had hair. But like, you know, this is the, the reality. Like it might look a little bit. Different. I didn't know if I had hair or didn't have hair. I just didn't vision. I didn't, didn't spend the time to think about my hair. So <laughs> you should have, you should have. You <laughs> I mean, he gave me like, Wes, don't even talk, bro. That motherfucker's going all the way back. It's a real thing. Absolutely. I mean, so one, one thing to kind of touch on that specific piece. So we talk a lot about visualization. Obviously it has to turn into action. Right. So if it doesn't turn into action, it's nothing. It's like people visualizing that they're a rap star, but because the song is on and when it's over, they're done. Right. So how does someone get that intent? I guess I want to call it to where their intent and their actions are based off of their visualization. So it's not just visualization and end it's visualization and action is because of the intent of that visualization. If that makes sense. Yeah. Like the story I share with Tommy page is a fun story to share. Um, but the real visualizations is the ones you can tie to the, that seven layers of why let's go seven layers deep. If you can, if you can tie your purpose and your heart and your emotions to that vision, the intent becomes easy. And then the action becomes noticeable, right? So all of a sudden you go, okay, now today I do this. I know you guys talk about what I talk about a lot, which is growth at 1% every single day, mm -hmm. right? Like what did I do today to get myself one step closer to that visualization that when I'm, when I'm visualizing it, I, I get excited. Like I get to, into such a deep visualization that the endorphins start to flow and I'm there. Like yeah. How are you going to feel when you're there? I feel it when I do the visualization. Beautiful. And so all of a sudden the action, although can be hard becomes easy, right? Like, and so the, the event to go back to that, I visualized that, that some bitch. And so it wasn't, it wasn't easy for me to reach out to somebody like Fabio. I don't call in favors often. Like I'm a giver. Like that's just how mm -hmm. I approach every relationship Same. I have. And so for me to call Fabio Viviani, who I know his keynote fees 35 K, if you want him, um, I called him up and I'm like, Hey man, like I'm doing this event. And he goes, yeah, I know what you're going to ask me. He's like, I'm in, he's like, anything you need, I'm in, I'm, I'm in a hundred percent. But that phone call, you know, though the, the end result was easy. The it took me three days to make. Cause I was nervous. Like right. I was like, Oh shit. Like I have to do this and ask him for a big favor. And he did it for free, by the way. Like all the speakers spoke for free. It's mind blowing. That's cause you're um, a giver is why. I mean, you've already, you, and he felt that if I know you already, you probably, I guess we're acting a little off by the time <laughs> I mean, for the first, yeah. probably 30, 45 seconds into that conversation. And he knew I visualized what I'm trying to create so much that I've already created it. And I have to go back to reality. I'm like, what the fuck? 
Like, <laughs> so do you, you know what I mean? Like, I, that's, I, I, that's how much I put into my visualization. I have to come back to reality every once in a while. I'm like, wait a minute. Then that motivates me even more, to be honest with you, mm-hmm. to get after it. But go ahead and, yeah. and finish. I think that was important what you were talking about, not to talk over you. It was great. No, no. And that's true. Like, it's almost like it's a disappointment to come back from that yeah, visualization right. practice. And, um, you know, so you better, you better damn well deliver on what you're visualizing if you really want to feel like that, right? And, um, I mean, I think for me, like, the action is, is tough, right? Like, it's never easy. Like, we've been talking about that this whole entire conversation. Like, the, if you want to live the life you're truly visualizing, it's not easy. Um, the, but but it's, worth, it's worth the work. It's worth the labor. It's worth all of that stuff, right? And, like, you know, when I, when I visualize this event, it was funny. Like, I get nervous when I speak. I get nervous before I do podcast interviews. Like, I, I truly get nervous. It's just who I am. It's because you care. But for, yeah, but for my event, here's the crazy part. I wasn't nervous. And people are like, well, wait, you're not nervous? And I go, no, I've already done this 10,000 times. Because mm-hmm. I visualized the entire freaking thing. From like, dude, I had like dancers dance the speakers up to the stage. Like this thing was a freaking rock concert for entrepreneurs. And I did it all based off of whatever was happening in my brain. And I daily visualized, I'd set the music. I knew this, I knew that. I knew the speakers. Like, so I, and, and like, again, it wasn't fully clear. I thought the, the powerhouse woman speaker I had, I thought it was going to be somebody different. But I found out she ended up saying no, the person I wanted. Uh, but literally the next day I interviewed a woman, her name's Sarah Centrella. She's amazing. Hustle, believe, receive. She wrote the best-selling author, blah, blah, blah. I interview her. And after the interview, she literally goes, Hey, I know you mentioned your event. If you're looking for a woman speaker, I'm in. So like you talk about the power of your visualization, like the, the universe over here, shut it down, but I already did the work. Like I did the work to get her, Mm -hmm. but she said no, but then all of a sudden this. So again, it's not always exactly what you're visioning. Right. But it's going to be better once it gets there because it's happening right. like that. The universe doesn't like specifics to a certain like degree, like a certain number or certain yeah. those types of situations. And I get what you're saying. I mean, that the universe is going to give you the things that you need at the right time or even, even more if you have put in the work and it is going to check you. A lot of times in life, you know, when I've went to go to accomplish, you know, the things that I'm setting out for, I don't really accomplish that but so I'm ready for something bigger because I was setting my bar too damn low. I'm like, whoa, wait a minute. This is weird. Why? Like even the stuff that I really wanted to accomplish, I'm like, I don't feel like, I'm like, why am I even here? Like, what the fuck do I even want this for? I want that, you know? And that's where it's going to, you know, it's constantly going back in and realigning and channeling, rechanneling everything and putting yourself in those types of situations. I think that's important. That's where the, that 1% growth comes in for myself because that's 5 a.m., bro. Like I'm putting in the work, I'm putting in the hustle, I'm putting in the grind and it has nothing to do with me making money because it's not what I'm doing it for any longer. Yeah, okay. It's nice, you know, living the life that I live right now, but it's not, I'm, I'm not living this life. I'm living that life. I'm just not there yet. And it's mm. going to happen because I mean, yeah, it's just, it's, it's a fun feeling. But I truly, even now, like I don't, and Wes knows this, I don't really watch a lot of mindless entertainment. I'm watching more now because I'm missing certain parts of my life where I used to love and laugh and all those types of things. And that's what my mind is telling me and craving. So I'm spending more time doing that, but it's actually helping me deal with the nerve wracking stuff that I'm dealing with right now that will make people freaking implode. Like, holy shit, how's he, you know, setting up deals or setting up structures and working out those things. 
man, I'm just, I'm happy to know you and I'm looking forward to all the times that we're going to be spending together and, you know, developing on, you know, layers on top of our relationship impact we make. I just, Same, man. I, I know it's funny. It's just that then when you talk about you being nervous for even podcast episodes and not being nervous for the stuff that you did this huge event for what it is, is that you are, it's the unknown that we can't control, like going on pot, going on other shows, we can't control the questions that we're going to ask. Do you find yourself, and this is like a side question. Do you find yourself going on other shows when they're not asking the right questions that you feel obligated to step your game up to overcompensate their lack of questioning skills? All the time. Here's the funny thing. I'm always like, I'm always invited into podcasts early on. So like I'll be yeah. somebody because they started their podcast because they heard me and they're like, if this idiot can do it, I can do it too. And so they're like, you've inspired me to start a podcast. Right. Uh, come on my show. So like I'm in like the first five episodes, which we all suck in the first five episodes. And so, yeah, there's a lot of that there, but like, I'm like, well, that question kind of sucked. How do I take it way further than how you asked, <laughs> how you asked <laughs> that one? Don't you wish you could just say that to people sometime? I think I do say it the way that I frame the next four questions they should have asked me. <laughs> I mean, I've gotten really good at taking any question and, and having like being able to talk about what I actually want to talk about where you kind of <laughs> like, you kind of align it with what they said, but you don't. Right. Um, I'm like, I'm not going to waste my time talking about this. I'm going to talk about this. So I'm going to help. I'm going to help you yeah. out. <laughs> you just got exactly. to pick a few parts out of, of that question and then just loop it right into what you want to talk about. Right. That's it. And I'll get back to your question in a minute. And then you just forget about the like, question. Yeah. <laughs> or answer the question, answer the question. Like before I answer this question, let me kind of tell you a little story. And that diffuses it for, yeah. for myself. It diffuses the, like they takes their emotions out of, they don't want to feel a certain way. Now back to your meaningless question that you asked me. Here's, <laughs> here's the answer. You go do what you want with it now. I love it. Like, Wes, I mean, <laughs> there's so much here. I, I can do this for hours. I knew that this conversation would end up coming to a certain point where we would probably start talking about the lack of questioning skills from people. Cause I haven't, I've been on a lot of shows and I've heard a lot of shows and that's something that, you know, Wes and I, I wouldn't say that we make a point to do the people that we interview you can go back and listen to the show and you can hear them say, that's a really good question. No one's ever asked me that question before. Yeah. You're never going to hear the same questions. And I guess, and for, and this is the question I really want, I'm glad it led here. I'm funny that you talk your, talk your way into the question. What type of advice would you give a podcaster or a person that is labeled as the host or the person that needs to interview someone else? What kind of advice would you give them with type of questions they should ask people? Yeah. It's a, that's a, I love how you framed that question too. Um, because most people are like, well, how do you ask the right questions? Like you were like, okay, well, what, how, how do we approach this? So like, what's the thing? Here's the thing. I, I said earlier, I went from the least interesting person in a room to the most interested person in the room. There's too many podcasters that make it about them. Um, yep. And so I feel like you get good conversation when you actually care about who you interview. Like I, I get pitched for people to be on my show like 40 plus times a week. No joke. My inbox is flooded. I don't even know how they get my email address. It's just flooded. And I accept zero of them because I interview people that I'm actually interested in. There we go. Like stop wasting your time with people um, that isn't, that isn't going to get you excited to go deeper. Like if you're having people on to ask the same damn seven questions that everybody, by the way, I've been on podcasts that do that and they send me the questions. Beforehand. What the freak it's, is wrong with these people? Yeah. Go ahead. It's insane. But like you get super, the thing is be interested. And if you're interested enough, That'll reflect out to your audience and your audience is going to be interested in the conversation you're having. Um, but make it about your guest. Like I, it's funny. I spoke at PodFest, and I, here's one thing I actually, I toot my horn on this one. 
I spoke at PodFest. I had the largest breakout of the whole entire event, which was incredible because they can go anywhere they want. There's like 15 breakouts going on at the same time. I was packed, standing room only. And I, I literally stood in front of this room of people, 200 podcasters or whatever it was. And I go, um, I go, podcasters are the most selfish individuals in the world. I literally <laughs> just said this to a room of, full of podcasters. And they're like, what? They think that there's some gift to whatever. They're, they're a gift to their guest or they're a gift to the, the audience right. or whatever. I go, you need to get out of that. You're serving. You're here to serve. You're here to serve your guest. You're here to serve your audience. And the, if you have that approach in anything, even in your relationships with the podcast, get out of the script, go deep, have fun, bring your personality into it. And then all of a sudden you're going to get better at just having an open-ended conversation with, with friends. And that's really how I view the podcast that I have now is like, I have, I have interesting conversations with people I want to have interesting conversations with. Right. And I hope I can become friends with them to continue to have interesting conversations. Mm -hmm. That's about it. If you have to put that much effort and time into what questions you would ask me and how you would ask those questions, you're not really in that conversation. So if I'm on shows and they start asking me questions they would like to ask me just for the audience, that's fine. But when it keeps going down those types of questions, I'm like, that's what you really want to ask me. You have me on your call for right now, just for a second. And you put no fucking effort into even knowing who the hell I am other than reading my media guide and my bio I was like, I don't know who if I should be mad at you, your team, or I should be mad at my team right now. But, <laughs> and that kind of shows like kind of person they are like, what, what kind of questions would you normally ask someone that you're interested in? And I mean, you sound like you're uninterested in what I'm actually talking about. So I'm going to save your show right now. I'll take over. And I can't help it because I, I have a natural ability just being able to take over the conversation and ask the questions. I mean, I know that you, you have that type of emotional intelligence, being able to structure and loop backs and those types of things a lot of people don't understand. How much do you have to like hold yourself back in those types of less meaningful conversations? Uh, I, I have a lot of self-control, um, mm -hmm. even though I'm blunt and honest and all these other things. So I go along with it. But like you said, I just go deeper than the question mm -hmm. okay. says, right? Like, so for instance, podcast, your favorite question, you ready? what's, what's your favorite book? What book? And it's just like, what, what are you talking about? So I literally would be like, okay, look, like I like a lot of books, but then I tell the story about somebody handing me who moved my cheese. And I go into the story of like, this is what set off for growth. So like, for me, I'm like, okay, I can take pretty much any question and make it interesting. Yeah. Um, and I hope that they leave those conversations there. Look, they're going to leave those conversations one of two ways. One, they're going, well, wow, he was an amazing guest. Like, I can't believe he added that much value with my shit questions. Or they're going to go, wow, what a dick. He really took over and he didn't just answer my shit questions. Like, you have the that's one not, that's not, it's the latter, right? It's the, they're yeah. never going to say that. They're like, wow, that was an amazing. I actually had people message me and be like, that was an amazing show. I appreciate you coming on. I'm like, I just saved your ass. Like, that was awful. I mean, let's talk about that just for a second. And I know that we, at the beginning of this format, we struggle with that dynamic of two hosts yeah. and asking the right questions. And that's why knowing where you come into the dynamic. Yeah. That, well, you actually, it's funny because you said it before, it comes back to the, it comes back to ego with, mm. with the host, you know, well, with the, whoever the interviewer is, right. Is uh, if, if they feel like they want to brag about themselves or they're trying to make it all about themselves, it makes it tough for everybody involved yeah. usually. And so with what Justin said about serving, it's a lot easier. Like for me, um, I, I care about the conversation. I, I care about what the listeners are going to get out of it, right? I care about what Justin's going to get out of it, right? Like those are the things that I'm thinking about. So whether I have to talk for five seconds 
you know, or however long for that to happen. That's, that's what it is. It's just the end result. But most people are like, Hey, how can I look better here? How can I talk Mm -hmm. more here? And it's just, when you don't have an attachment to that, it makes it's everything is just a lot better and a lot easier. Yeah, no. And I, and I love that you said that too, because I actually, so for the first couple of years of my podcast, I didn't hear from any of my listeners. I like, I, I saw the audience growing. I'm like, where are they? But then all my guests would be like, dude, he's like, you're, you've got some great, you know, followers. They're awesome. They reach out to me. They told me the episode was awesome. I'm like, what, what the hell is going on? Why didn't they reach out to me? Yeah. Was, yeah. But I realized it's because I was a good host. Like I was literally highlighting my guest. And that's the point as a podcast host to highlight yeah. your guest. Now I then added, and I, I stopped, I took a break from doing it, but I then added a second episode a week and it was just a solo episode. And then all of a sudden the people came out of the woodwork. They're like, Oh, that was really good. This was great. I'm like, Oh, there you are. Right. Mm-hmm. So there are times where, and I think you guys actually do a very good job at this. There are times where you need to frame yourself in a certain way, um, add value, add a little snippet, go a little bit deeper than what your guest just did tie in your own personal thing. But at the same time, you have to make sure it's about your guests. Like it's amazing right. how many people don't think about who's actually listening. I love that you said that. And I love that Wes, thank you so much for asking and framing it in that way, because a lot of times people don't really, they want more airtime. They want this, they want that. And I love that. That's where that's Wes's mindset. He's always mindset is actually for the listeners and where I'm digging in a little bit deeper with people, you know, Wes is comfortable and he's calm, cool and, you know, collective with the way that he wants to, I guess, convey the message to the listeners in a right way for them to, to, for that to make an impact. And it's, it shows how, you know, unselfish Wes is in certain, you know, conversations that we've had. We've had certain conversations with people today. They don't, the guest doesn't shut the fuck up for a minute for us to be able to frame the questioning, but we, I let it go. And I guess the best advice that I ever I've actually received recently and I've actually a couple different times and a lot of guests actually, I don't know, apparently we're pretty big in Japan. I, I don't know <laughs> how that happens. <laughs> we don't even have subtitles, but not sure how that happens, but I got a piece of advice from a couple different um, listeners and I really appreciate it. And for those who are listening to this, please send in more. We love it. But the best advice or not an advice, but the best compliment that I've actually received was, I'm excited each week on what questions you're about to ask the guest. Mm, that, that was probably the best compliment that, and I've received it twice. And they said, I can't wait for the guest that you're bringing. And like, I can't wait to hear the questions that you asked the guest because I'm asking on questions that people haven't asked them before on podcasts. And they love that. Have you received something like that? Some, cause I know that the questions you put in, you would have to be in the conversation to ask that question. Yeah. But you're not going to be a hundred percent in the conversation to ask the question. And that's the problem with people. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I've received uh, compliments very similar, right? Um, like you're, you're so good at asking the right question. Like, you know, where you're going, like things like that, which I love. But the funny thing is the first person to ever reach out to me about my podcast was from Japan as well. Really? And, uh, I was like, wait, I was what? like, how are they, like, how are they even writing this in English? Yeah. But go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Dude, like I was, I was just blown away. They, they reached out. They're like, I just need to let you know that I listen to your show every week and I love it. And I'm like, yeah. Japan? Japan? Like, that's yeah, that's weird. Like, yeah. It's amazing. It's crazy. But, um, but again, like I, I really do pride myself on that. Um, and I love hearing that compliment. I'm not the greatest at receiving compliments um, mm. because I'm just, I'm just me. Like I'm just doing my thing, right? Um, but I love that compliment a lot because it means I'm doing my job. 
Um, and as a podcast host, that's your job. Your job is to ask good dang questions that people want right. to hear the answers to. Like, like literally, like that's all you have to do. Just be in the conversation. Like we talked the other day um, about active listening and how exhausting mm-hmm. at times it is to host podcasts. And people don't realize that. Like to be actively paying attention, hearing what they're hearing, trying to take what they're saying and then, oh, are we going to go deeper there or do I need to go over here? And to be thinking that while you're actively listening is exhausting mentally. Like obviously we're not running a marathon right now, but it's exhausting. And, um, but, but that's the work you put in. That's the work you put in as a podcaster to make sure you're serving, again, serving the audience, making yeah. sure that they're getting out the time that they put in. Because look, this, this episode, we're over an hour now. So if somebody's listening at this point, like they've dedicated time and I hope to God we've given them, we've given them great answers mm-hmm. and we've given them great banter and, and some laughs along the way. Like that's the goal, right? Um, and you can't do that if you're not actively listening, if you're not asking the right questions. Um, and kudos to you guys, honestly. Like I'm not saying this just because we're still recording, but you guys are good at this, like really, really good. And I love what you guys Thank are doing. You. So I appreciate you. I, I appreciate this conversation. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. I, appreciate, I appreciate that compliment because it, it doesn't come – you know, not received in a way like you, you've been around the game a long time of, of actually having really impactful guests on. And it's not the guests you bring on the show and make an impact with audiences, the guests you bring on the show, it turned into a lifelong friend for you. And that shows. And if I can give you a compliment just for that, because that's where it shows on how, how deep you are as an individual, as a person, because there's, there's a lot of people that call that call themselves anything they want to call themselves and they want to be whoever they want to be just because you've been around a little game a long time. Yeah. You can bring on guests all you want, but it's about you making an impact and is your audience making an impact and are they trying to do what you're doing? And I've actually um, recently had a, someone that sent in a a thing is like, you're inspiring me to be a, you know, be a podcaster. And I don't know if they launched it or not. And I hope you have whoever you are, um, Eric. And if, and I still remember the name and that shows how much I'm, I'm actually, I read the information that people do submit. Um, even if, if it's a different language, I don't know, Dale, you just said you probably call me a mother of a fuck or whatever, whoever. Right. <laughs> but they, this still says five stars. We're good. I don't understand what that means, but for, I guess for the listeners that are tuning out, I guess what is the best, I know that you're, you know, of course your podcast and the things you do, like what would be the best way for them to, you know, get in touch with Justin. Yeah. I mean, I'm most active on Instagram. So Mm -hmm. if they just find me on there, it's at Justin T shank. You can look at the spelling and the title of this episode. (laughs) If I said it now, you just be like, I still don't get it. Um, But yeah, go, go find me there. I mean, obviously, and then the podcast, you know, growth, now movement, go check it out. If you like it, please go click subscribe. Chris was on the show. So you can come check out that episode. Um, But those are probably the best two places and the easiest places. And I, I reply to all the messages on the, on the gram and all that stuff. So please reach out. I'd love to hear from you. Right. Right. Um, Wes, anything you would like to add? I mean, there's been so much to kind of dissect in certain segments of this, you know, episode, but I think that we've, you know, asked a lot of questions, but I didn't really know where we wanted to extract the information, the right information. But I think that there's anything you want to add, or I like to ask Justin, I think probably right now is a good time for the audience to really grasp that. I think um, I'll ask Justin one more question. Uh, you know, what book would you recommend people read? Well, well, well done. Well done. Like on, a, on the asshole level, that was great. 
<laughs> um, amazing. It's amazing. That was, that was good. That was good. For mm-hmm. active listeners out there, if you want to learn, that was it right there. <laughs> yeah. And he was, that was in the chamber. He was waiting. He yeah. was waiting. That was locked well, the and funny, loaded. Yeah. The, the funny thing is, I was on a podcast one time. You talk about like not just being yourself. The, I, the word hustle irks me. Like I just like, cause everybody uses it. So they're like, hustle, hustle, hustle. Like you don't even know what it means, but you're using it. And I said this on a podcast and the word hustle was in the title of the podcast. What? So <laughs> was it hustle and flow chart? <laughs> oh no, but I love those guys. I know that they're both, they're all of our friends and they've been on our show and you, you know, different things, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry. Yeah, dude. <laughs> but like, but that's the whole thing of like, you gotta be aware on your, as the guest too, of like, like, <laughs> like what the fuck show am I on? Like, yeah. Like, thank God you guys didn't ask the best book question, right? Like I, <laughs> I did that one the worst. I've actually had people send me the questions and it says uh-huh. like, what was the pivotal moment in your career where blah, blah 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 and what are the top three books that you have read and made an impact i'm like i don't fucking know like it's exhausting oh <laughs> like oh my gosh it, yeah thank you Wes. For, i needed that was good i about, about like three words into the question i was like what the fuck is he about to ask you know like <laughs> you do you deliver that well bro that was that was really well Oh, yeah, there was awesome. no, there wasn't even a smirk on his face either. He like he was. No, yeah, he sold <laughs> it. Like, I got it this one. I deliver it. Yeah, that was <laughs> good. That was well done. Oh, awesome. <laughs> like on a level of one to ten, like, <laughs> like that that's that great. another another great question that people ask me is like, on a scale of one to ten, I'm like zero, awful. Next, like I guess <laughs> right. that's the next step. I guess that, and that's what I, I sent something to Wes at one point. It's like all I want to do now is just do podcasting and make collective impact that's all i want to do and i see a couple of videos like i said i'm getting to the point now where i'm gonna start inviting guests on just to take a shit on their what their approach but i'm not to in a, in a, in a good way of just i'm gonna give them something worth the value and how to fix their problem right but i don't know maybe i just won't maybe I'll, I'll keep that one underneath my hat now that i'm putting out in public maybe <laughs> they're gonna be holding me accountable when are you start taking shit on other companies because i'm like oh i guess next week <laughs> you're the first yes next week <laughs> so if we start reaching out to you you know your company is full of shit so uh, <laughs> anyways man i appreciate you coming on and sharing all the information you have and i hope it was good as you thought you imagined it would be but um i know that the one i came on your show when i was coming out pretty soon isn't it tomorrow actually oh yeah. shit tomorrow it's like the eve before it drops great stuff all right man well i look forward to anything you need from us man open book come on for ig live whatever you something you can think about you know in the future to what you're obviously you know working on different summits you want me to come on i'll do it for free man anytime you need me for anything dude i'd love it here here's the deal right so for growth i'm moving live since we're all working on our six packs We'll all, uh, you'll all come to speak at Growth Now Movement Live this next year. And pull your shirt up. Over. We'll, we'll, we'll all, all of us, because we're all right. doing 75 hard now. All yep. show our six packs. What's up? Uh, like, I, I, what was, what never... is it called? The situation? <laughs> yeah, the, the situation. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, the Jersey Shore. Yeah, like, don't, let it, don't let it be like a bad situation. You know what I mean? Like, whoop. Like, we was sucking in. You were sucking in. I know it. <laughs> Dude, talk, about account- talk about accountability, right? Like, right. holy crap. Right. I mean, I've had other types of situations of not pulling up your shirt and showing us like maybe washing it out, like doing whatever you need to do. That's cool stuff, man. But yeah, 
let's go kill it, man. Let's just go make an impact for, for the listeners that are tuning in. And thank you for so much for staying all the way to the end of this. And if you want to learn more from Justin and, and what he's about and what he does, I mean, please reach out to him as much as possible. He's open, but other guys, y'all keep moving, keep growing, keep learning. Let's go kill it. <laughs>